It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. back just like i said we'd be back episode two for the glory kc i'm chad smith and i have a new co-host with me my wife sheena smith hey sheena hi hi chad (laughs) hi podcast world (laughs) so we're uh you might notice that my other co-host is not here we had a bit of a snafu between episodes one and two but we're back. We're getting things figured out. We're going to get this show righted. Um, you know, maybe you could be a host with me someday too, listener, Blue Testament follower. So anyways, I'm Chad Smith, thebluetestament.com. I'm one of the editors of the site, and we are going to cover a lot of topics today, Sheena. We're going to pick back up on some stuff that's happened over the time that we've been gone, and we're going to become pretty regular here. I feel like we're going to be hitting this thing every week. Will be the place to come for all your Kansas City soccer and maybe even a little U.S. soccer news. Speaking of the United States, the World Cup game just happened. We're recording right after that game. Well, many, many hours after the game. How are you feeling? The United States advanced to the round of 16. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It was a stressful afternoon in our household. Um, thanks to Chad's nervous 
watching, um, which is pretty normal for any soccer game he's watching. He gets real intense. He's moving around. He's yelling a lot. So um, it was a very intense, especially those last few minutes. Um, I'm glad we pulled a win, though, and we can all relax. I think it was my favorite sports sportscaster, Stu Holden, said we can all take a breath. Um, so we took our breath and here we are excited to be moving on against the Netherlands on Saturday. Yeah, so the US will be back in action on Saturday against the Netherlands 9am. So you got to wake up early, um, maybe head down to Power and Light been featured on all these Fox broadcasts. That's been pretty cool. I haven't seen any other cities that they're cutting to because Kansas City is the soccer capital of America, and they're showing that each time out. So um, not sure if we're going to get out there in the cold. We're a bit wusses, so we stay inside. You know, my daughter's probably not going to be down for that. Maybe she'll make an appearance on the podcast at some point. But she really wants to, so we'll see. And I was wondering if we are the only city having a party, like a watch party, because like you said, Fox has only been showing Power and Light, which is awesome and so cool to see. But I'm just wondering if there's any other city that's out there doing something similar to us. I don't care about any other cities like Kansas <laughs> City, so it's it's possible. Um, I know that some places were like kind of quietly boycotting and not showing the game in public settings over the whole Qatar issue. So or Qatar, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, oh. So that could be it, but whatever. Kansas City is amazing. The ratings are amazingly high in Kansas City. People are watching these things. Uh, so speaking of the game, let's talk about it briefly, and then we're going to get to what we mostly focus on around here, which is Kansas City soccer. Uh, the United States, uh, led by Christian Pulisic, got the game-winning goal in the first half, took a heck of a shot to his nether regions. Uh, actually, saw some pretty funny comments on Twitter, but uh, what a goal. Uh, Weston McKinney with that beautifully lofted pass, Serginho Dest with the cross off of his head, and then uh, Pulisic putting it away, putting himself in danger. So what did you think of the goal and just kind of thoughts on the game overall, Sheena? Yeah, so I thought the goal was great. Um, I also saw a lot of funny reactions on Twitter. Um, I think my favorite one was the person who I probably should have wrote their their Twitter handler down. I don't even know if that's handler. Is that the term? I don't handler? know. <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're not, big. You're big on the Twitter, huh? <laughs> I'm not at all. I just go for the amusement but I do not tweet like you do or anything like that um but the one that really got me was like you know the guy who says he'd give up his like left nut for <laughs> x y and z like Pulisic actually like did it so that one really got me um but yeah the goal was great um I'm glad that we were able to score and we were nervous at the second half that um it was going to be all tied up. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Um, just a few thoughts I had on the game is I really didn't care for the referee. He did not call anything, especially that first half. I would say towards the end of the game, we were starting to see a few calls, but not as many calls um, that, I mean, there was a lot that happened on both sides and nothing was getting called. Um, I also think that in the first half, we played exceptional. Everyone on the team played exceptional. We dominated the ball. Um, we dominated in the second half, but not as much. Um, and especially in, I would say, that last five minutes and then in, um, 
overtime, extra time, extra time. Extra time yeah, not football, getting my terms <laughs> mixed up. It actually uh, is football, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, American football. I feel like the listeners need to know I'm more of a casual fan, so I probably will screw up names, positions, sayings, anything that could be messed up. And if it's a word I can't pronounce, I will definitely be mispronouncing words. I do it all the time. Um, so forgive me, but yeah, in extra time, um, it got real tense there and we did see a few calls. We saw a yellow, a couple yellows, but yeah, I wasn't overall impressed with the ref. Um, can I jump in on the ref a little bit? I'm I'm, I'm a known, I'm a known referee complainer. I just like, I'm always, I think it's the, the inconsistency that drives me the craziest. And, and early in the game, there was some pretty heavy fouls. There was that hit on uh, I think it was Pulisic that got fouled early and then Serginio Desk got wiped out and then just nothing like I mean they called the fouls but they didn't give yellows and I'm like you're setting a precedent here and then yeah as the game wore on like there were some calls the other way that I think the Iranians could have complained about but at that point it's like he finally became consistent the referee um, my favorite tweet I saw about the ref though was I think it was from the South Stand account actually for you know Children's Mercy Park and uh, for that supporters group and it was something about pro is scouting this guy hard right now so uh, I thought that made sense because we always complain about the referees in pro uh, Sheen I don't know if you know Ismail Elfath he's a referee for MLS or pro and he was the referee of the year I don't know that I agree with that based on the games I saw him call for sporting last year, but he's over at the world cup. Actually, he's one of the referees at the world cup. When I saw that he was one of the ones that went, I was like, Ooh, gosh, referees, but we're hard on the refs enough about the referees. Uh, I found that tweet that I want to share with you all uh, about, it goes to your same thing about Pulisic giving up his left nut. Uh, this one said, this is from Reddit CFB, which I'm pretty sure is college football, but I could be wrong. Uh, Pulisic may never be a father after that, but he's a founding father now. So I thought yes. that was pretty great. I saw that one too. That was a really good one as well. Yeah. I mean, I do think he sacrificed his health for that goal. Um, it sounds like though, based on the reports, um, he should be okay and hopefully be ready to play for Saturday. Yeah, the team put out that he has a pelvic contusion and he is day to day. Um, Sheen, I don't know if you want me to tell people this, but you asked me <laughs> I don't what, care. The, what the pelvis was or the contusion. No, I'm no, not no. Sure the which... contusion. Obviously, okay. I know the pelvis. The contusion was just a fancy word that I like hadn't heard recently. <laughs> To be fair, that comes up in my job. So, all right. So United States, there was a lot of uh, consternation on the internet. Uh, I'm, you don't do a lot of tweeting and I think it's for the best because US MNT Twitter is awful. All they were doing was complaining about the substitutes. Sure. They weren't perfect. They didn't play great. Maybe they could have done some different things, but some of the subs came on. Walker Zimmerman cleared everything, cleared one off the line at the last moment to save the game. So, and ultimately- Bernhalter did what he was supposed to do, and he got this team out of the group stage. They're in the round of 16. I'm happy about it. Any final thoughts on the U.S. before we move on to Kansas City soccer? Yeah, I'm excited for Saturday. Uh, I thought it was going to be an intense game based on all the media coverage in like the last 48 hours with the U.S. men's national team Twitter account and Uh, the intense press conference, I think, from yesterday. And I'm scared to say Iran, Iran, I'm going to screw it up. But yeah, I think Iran is how they want to pronounce it. Yeah. 
So um, there was a lot of controversy. And so I think both teams had something they were playing for, like maybe more so um, that came out in the last 48 hours than like when they found out originally they were playing against each other. So I think it was a good game. Obviously it's the outcome we wanted. And so hopefully we'll have another successful game on Saturday. Yes, I'm very hopeful as well. And I thought um, of all the players and all that controversy, Tyler Adams, you wouldn't guess that he's such a young man. He handled himself so well. Yes. The, the media were coming after him pretty hard in those questions, the uh, Iranian media. And he just was perfect, just like he was on the field. So, so well done. I'm not even that articulate and I'm almost 40. So I don't know that it's ever <laughs> happening for me. So we'll see. Uh, it's definitely <laughs> not happening for me. But yeah, I'm sure his mom is proud of him. <laughs> All right. So let's switch gears. Uh, okay. Sheena kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. Dear listeners, uh, hopefully you're all still with us. Um, Sheena's going to give us a bit more of a casual perspective. So before we get into the Sporting Kansas City stuff, I want to kind of spin back and do a little bit of like kind of our history of soccer. Um, and it, what it really comes down to is actually the World Cup. It's so funny that the World Cup is happening right now because it was the 2014 World Cup that took me from a casual watcher to a hardcore soccer follower. And then Sheena is forced into my hobbies because I just go at things a thousand percent. I don't do anything, you know, just like half-assed. I get out there and I do it. And I slowly got her into it. And it's funny to look back like on our social media posts. I took her to preseason because we used to live in Arizona and Sporting Kansas City would do preseason out there. And there's this picture of me holding my daughter and she's pretty young. And then Sheena posts the picture and it just says uh, sporting with some cute or Chad and Avery with some cute <laughs> soccer guy. And it was Dom Dwyer. Like, so even a year later, she's like, she's like, oh, I can't believe I didn't know his name and all that stuff. So it all came pretty fast right after that 2014 World Cup, where we went from being very casual to, well, I'm incredibly hardcore about it. And then she is, I'd say more in the know than your typical fan. How would you describe your, your following of soccer and specifically sporting KC? Yeah, so I would say that the 2014 World Cup is what got me interested in soccer. I don't, I'm sure I'd seen soccer on TV prior to that, but I specifically remember the 2014 World Cup um, at my job. My boss was really into soccer, so they had the games on in like um, meeting rooms. And if you wanted to watch it, you could. So I got into it just because I didn't want to work. Um, <laughs> so I was at every game I could get into with him and uh, really got intense into it. And then that is like kind of where it opened the door. And I became a Graham Zussi fan during the World Cup. So when Chad started watching, he gravitated towards Sporting Kansas City just because he's from Missouri. And then I learned Graham Zussi was on the team and I remembered him from the World Cup. So um, that was kind of, then we went to preseason and then I got hooked. And I think what I really love about soccer, and this is coming from like, I was a hardcore football fan. Like I loved, I, we watched football all day on Sundays. We'd watch Monday night football, Thursday night football, Saturday when the Saturday games came. So we were diehard football fans and I can't even really watch football anymore. It's too slow for me. It can get exciting, but like I do not dedicate any time unless it's like on TV. I'll sometimes 
catch a Chiefs game, but like, I really don't care about football. I have converted 100% to soccer um, and preseason is really what got me into soccer. Just that experience of being able to go and watch the team and the access that you have um, at preseason to the team, getting to meet them and take pictures and get autographs was just like a really cool experience. And I don't think it's something you can easily get in football just because it's a bigger sport. So um, I was sold, I think that next, that same season in 2015, we came to Kansas City and we went to our first um, MLS game. And yeah, we've been fans since. And I think it's a little bit of a reason had something to do with why we moved to Kansas City from Arizona a couple of, a year and a half ago. Yeah, I think it did have an impact for sure. So Let's talk about these roster moves. It's been a okay. few weeks since they were announced. So a lot of people have had time to kind of simmer on them. We've had our thoughts about them. We are cranking out articles over on the Blue Testament about everything that's been happening. But i got to give my two cents. I need Sheena to give that <laughs> casual or slightly above casual. I'd say like yeah, pretty, pretty focused, but not incredibly focused. There was definitely a moment of like, who's this player two weeks after somebody signs sort of thing, but we'll get Sheena there. She's always caught up because she lives with me. She can't avoid it. So (laughs) I think you mentioning Graham Zussi makes for a good transition because one of the many roster moves was Graham Zussi having his option declined. Actually, a couple people, uh, Nicholas Isamat Marine, Graham Zussi, Kave Rod, Kavi Rod, oh gosh, I can never say his name right. Kave Rod uh, had his option decline. Options triggered, meaning they're coming back, or Cam Duke, Courtney Ford, Kendall McIntosh. New contracts were signed by Felipe Hernandez, Kyrie Shelton, Tim Melia, and the team is currently negotiating with Roger Espinosa, Andre Fontes, and the aforementioned Graham Zusi, which brings us back around. Sporting could have just picked up Graham Zusi's option. He was already like had an option in his deal. He could have been here for 2023, but they chose to decline his option and try to re-sign him. I presume for less money, he didn't miss quite a few games this year, didn't play as much as he typically plays. But since Graham Zussi was somebody that got you into, you know, sporting Kansas City, into soccer, into Major League Soccer specifically, uh, what what are you thinking about this, Sheena? Well, I'm a little nervous if I can be honest with you, Chad. Um, I don't know much about, the negotiating process, but it feels like as each day passes, the likelihood of him coming back seems less. It feels like maybe a deal could have already been made. Uh, Maybe because we just had Thanksgiving that slowed things down. Maybe things aren't going to be announced till after the World Cup hype is over with. Like, I'm not really sure what's going on, but from a casual perspective, like, it just doesn't feel great that we don't know for sure yet that he's coming back. Um, I know he was injured um, a bit last season, but when he was on the field, I feel like he was playing better than he had been playing in previous seasons. And so I hope they can reach some sort of a- agreement. He's a fan favorite, and I hope that that counts for something. I know it probably doesn't in the scheme of things because we've seen Matt Beasler go, we've seen Ilya, Benny Failhaber. Dom Dwyer. We've seen other players that are fan favorites leave. Um, but Graham Zussi has been with the team for so long, and I would love for him to just end his career here whenever he's ready. Um, and because he's a fan favorite, I hope that they can come to some sort of agreement, especially after last season with losing Ilya. I feel like that hurt the casual fan. We were pretty upset with losing Ilya. And I think it would have a similar reaction if it was Graham Zussi. Um, 
if he had played bad, I think that would be one thing. But because he was playing pretty good when he was on the field, um, I think it's a different conversation. And I think he's still an asset, even if he's only, you know, splitting his time between him. And I think it's Caden Pierre who right. subs in for him. Um, so I think that he's still an asset to the the team. And I think a year to year contract would make sense. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I had written about this back before the season ended, and we're trying to kind of predict, will the people resign? Will options be picked up, declined, etc.? And he's one that I suspected they would pick it up. So he made $450,000 in 2022. Typically, when you have an option in your deal, it's either for the same amount of money or like some sort of light increase in salary. I haven't noticed a trend where salaries go down in option years. You know, what player would agree to that, right? You hope to play and make yourself more valuable. Um, he did play quite a few minutes. Minutes last year, he still played 1,659 minutes, uh, 20 starts across 21 appearances. So that's more than Caden Pierre had. Caden Pierre was not as uh, honestly, he didn't even really get in the game too much at the beginning of the year because even when Zeus was out, they would play Cam Duke out of position or Ben Sweat out of position at right back. But I'm totally fine with Zeus coming back. I'd like to see him have like a proper send off if he is thinking about retiring in the future, kind of get that. They had that moment. We were at that Seattle Sounders game where the, they were knocked out of the playoffs and Zeus he's walking around and everybody's like, oh, he's, he's leaving. He's like saying goodbye. He's taking forever to get off the field. Right. And after the game, he's like, no, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I don't plan on leaving. So I think he'll be back. I wouldn't read too much into him having not signed yet. Uh, the World Cup is kind of a distraction. I saw uh, Zeus. He was on vacation. You're a re resident social media follower. Did you see him shirtless with I want to say Johnny Russell, maybe Daniel Shalloway. Oh, yeah. They were like at a beach somewhere. Yeah. I forgot. It was a few weeks ago. Um, I saw yesterday his dog, which I feel like I should know his dog's name, uh, was in a U.S. national jersey. So that was pretty cute. Oh, that's right. You showed me that picture. The dog looked yeah. very sad to be in that jersey. <laughs> yes. Probably. Uh, yeah. I'm not a big social. I, it's funny. I'm on Twitter way too much, but I don't like look at Instagram. I don't. I don't know how to TikTok. I'm I feel like I'm way too old for that stuff. So but uh Sheena can be our person to let us know what's going on on social media too. So I think that sounds be good. good. All right. So Zussi, we're both good with him coming back. Maybe take a pay cut, I'm guessing, and kind of year to year, see how it goes. Yeah. All right, let's move on. My biggest surprise of all these roster moves was Kyrie Shelton. I thought, you know, maybe, maybe Vermees, he likes the guy, he wants some insurance on the forward line. He just triggers his option. He made $350,000 last year, but instead uh, he did trigger his option. He signed him to a new contract and it's a three-year guaranteed deal with a fourth year as an option. I just, the only thing I could think is pay cut, that he's taken less money for more guaranteed years. How are you feeling about it, Gina? Why? <laughs> that is how I feel. Like, I think Kyrie is probably a great guy. This isn't a knock on him, but I don't, I just, I feel like if we're getting um, some of our players who were out last season back, like he's not going to be a starter. And I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't, I can't even articulate how I feel about it. <laughs> Because like I feel bad because he does seem like such a great guy, but there's obviously oh, humanitarian of the year, right? Yeah, humanitarian of the year. It's hard to knock a humanitarian over here, but I think it's you know obviously 
Peter Vermees sees something in him that I'm not seeing and probably the casual fan isn't seeing. I know based on the comments that I read, sometimes people get frustrated with him. I get frustrated. He is not a goal scorer, even though he seems to play striker or winger. Um, so I don't know. There has to be another reason. Maybe it's because he hustles. Um, he's a super sub. Like, I don't know what the thought process is. I feel like three years is way too long. Year to year would have been better for me. I would have understood that more, but three years plus the pickup option for a fourth makes no sense to me. Yeah. And the option thing isn't too big of a deal because it's a team held option. It's not like in sports, like the NBA, where you can have a player option, the player can choose to trigger it. It's the team. So they can just say no, just kind of like they did this year with Nicholas Isamat Maroon and with Kave Rad. Um, but I have to give you some stats here for Kyrie. So, you know, he was basically supposed to be the Alan Polito replacement while he was out and they were hyping him up in the preseason. He can do it. And honestly, the stats kind of showed that in prior years, the team didn't really dip as much when Polito or whomever would be out. The, Kyrie had a pretty good record as a starter, uh, but 2022 killed that. Uh, they were terrible with him in the game. He had, there's, I know you're not a big stats person, uh, goals per 90 minutes. So basically averaging out all your minutes and how many goals you scored. So you only scored one time. That's a goal every 0 0.06, 0 0.06 per 90. So that is uh, terrible. I'm, I'm looking across the team. Uh, nobody has a lower one than that. He's got the lowest one on the team. Obviously, there are some people that didn't score goals. They have zeros. But uh, talking, factoring in players that you expect to score, Andre Ufantus, who played over a 1,000 more minutes than Shelton, actually scored twice. So he had a .07. <laughs> he scored a little better. Uh, but to give you a comparison of what is a fantastic number, Willie got a .78. That's a goal, gosh, like every game and a half. Like it's not it's a lot of scoring. So I'm with you. Uh, he needs a massive pay cut, but let me play, let me play devil's advocate here for a second. So one, I saw this on the blue Testament.com where you should all go. If you're not already going and joining the conversation in the comments, um, somebody said, Hey, maybe this deal will look a lot better in a few years because maybe he signed for a lower number, which we won't know the numbers until probably the late spring, early summer. Um, but we don't know anything about what that number is going to be, but maybe it's low enough to where three years from now, it's going to look like a bargain as the wages keep going up in MLS. And I was like, okay, okay, maybe. And then the other thing was, and I want to give credit here because I remember who said this, Andy Wacker, he's a great commenter on our site. Uh, he gave a devil's advocate argument and he did preface that it's not like he necessarily believes this argument, but just to play devil's advocate. Uh, he said, Kyrie can be a good practice body for the younger players because he'll probably be what the third forward right behind Polito and behind Agata. Uh, maybe he's the second right winger behind Russell right winger that sounds different that's got a different meaning in other <laughs> other contexts um, but he's going to be in practice every day pushing these young guys and making them fight against his I mean like he's got those man muscles right he's strong if nothing else is going for him he's going to be pushing people around and hustling and working hard out there so he can physically push those guys and in 2023, the team is playing a lot more games. Uh, Sheena knows because we just purchased some of these tickets. They're playing in a competition called the League's Cup in the summer. So with all these added games, U.S. Open Cup, MLS regular season play, just having that extra body will be nice. You can sub on, maybe kill off some games. I still hate it. 
I still think you could have got somebody else for less money, but let's move on from Kyrie. Another kind of shocking move, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Sheena, is Timelia. I thought maybe John Polskamp's taken over. Maybe he's the guy now. Uh, but Melia signed for two more years, guaranteed. Let me know how you're feeling about it. I'm torn on this one. I love Tamelia, but... And I was nervous last year. I was really worried when he got injured because I hadn't seen a lot of pulse camp play. Um, but he showed us he's the future for that position whenever either Timelia decides to retire or he gets cut from the team, whatever happens, I guess, in two years from now. Um, I hope what happens is that, well, first of all, I hope Timelia is in the offseason making a full recovery to where he's able to come back. But I also would love to see these two compete for the starting position. Um, maybe it'll challenge Tamelia and also make Pulse Camp a better goalie. Um, because at first, when he took over after Amelia got hurt, it was a little touch and go there. Um, but by the end of the season, like I felt confident that he was a goalie. I don't want to say I forgot about Tamelia because that definitely didn't happen. But I felt okay, like if something happened and Tamelia decided to retire or sporting didn't keep him i feel good about pulse camp what do you think yeah so i kind of thought maybe they'd bring him back for a year i think two years surprised me a little bit but goalkeepers do age a little bit differently but the, the argument you're making maybe we've been talking about this off podcast uh, you're shaking your head no always I don't great think so always great for an audio medium <laughs> but uh, I want to give some stats here, and then we can kind of talk about it. some some numbers. Amelia, uh, oh, numbers as in salaries. He made five hundred and twenty nine thousand dollars in guaranteed compensation last season. For comparison, Kendall McIntosh, the third string keeper, made one hundred and twenty thousand, and John Pulskamp made ninety two thousand. Now Pulskamp signed a new deal. It's a multi year. I think it's like a four year deal off the top of my head. Um, so it's likely he's getting a raise, and that just didn't kick in yet. So I, like you, think competition is good. This is going to be a competitive goalkeeper room. Uh, McIntosh got that one start, and he was lights out, looked fantastic in it. So having all three of them there competing with each other, I think, is just a really good thing. Now, if Melia is still signed at over half a million dollars, I don't like it quite as much. Because if he ends up being the backup and Pulskamp beats him out for the job, then... Ooh, that's a lot of money to have a backup goalkeeper, but I'm guessing probably because he was, you know, set to be a free agent. He probably still wants to stay in Kansas city. A lot of these guys really value the culture and everything that's going on in the, in the city and with the team. And I think it'll be good. They'll, they'll push each other. Uh, again, a lot of this is going to come down to salary. So we won't even know until later on, but as long as it's not just like the old guys start automatically, I'm fine with some of these guys coming back to push the young guys and neither can feel safe that their job is locked up because they've got the other pushing to try to take those minutes from them. All right, so let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back with For the Glory, KC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. All right. So we left off in the middle of the Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City transactions. So let's pick those back up. Um, 
Next bit of business here, Felipe Hernandez re-signed. I don't think this merits a lot of discussion. Three-year deal, fourth-year option. I love Felipe. Do you love Felipe as much as I love Felipe? I love Felipe also. I'm so glad they re-signed him. Um, After being suspended, I think it was two seasons ago, and then bringing him back, I think, last year, um, I figured if he was re-signed, he would get re-signed if he played well. So he was one of my favorite players from last season, and I'm glad that Peter Vermees saw his potential and gave him another chance. Um, I think he took advantage of that second opportunity, and he did awesome. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think it says something, too, that we can just say the word Felipe now. And we know that we're talking about Felipe Hernandez and not Felipe Gutierrez, who was a star for quite a while, a few years. Oh, yeah. Forgot about him. See, there you go. Exactly. (laughs) All right. My point is well taken. All right. So a couple other things that are ongoing but not done yet are Roger Espinoza and Andrea Fontes. They're both free agents. They're free to side with any MLS club, but they are currently negotiating with Sporting Kansas City, the last that we heard. Uh, So let's take them one by one. How do you feel about Roger potentially coming back to the team? Um, I'm cool with that. Uh, I know he's another fan favorite, so I hope we can find, like get him a contract to where he comes back, especially since his wife is on KC current. And I'm pretty sure she is playing there next year. Like her contract goes through next year. Um, I liked that he and Felipe Hernandez um, were rotating. So it seemed like Roger played about 60 minutes every game. And then Felipe Hernandez came in and or maybe Cam Duke sometimes, too. I might have this wrong, but um I do think that if he's going to continue playing about 60% of the game, they should renegotiate his contract and his salary. Um, And I think he should go year to year. Uh, I also think that if we were having to choose um, between re-signing, I don't know what scenario this would happen, but between him and Zussi, I would rather see Zussi stay on the team. But I do love Roger Espinosa, and I hope they can make something happen. I do wonder if they aren't able to come up with like a new contract for him. Do you think he would retire or try to move to another team? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I can't really imagine him playing for another team. Like you said, his wife is signed for the KC Current. She's actually signed through 2024, so she's got two more seasons. Uh, Roger didn't sound like he wanted to retire. He gave an interview on a rival podcast. I'm just kidding. Jimmy and Dan are my buddies. I like those guys. (laughs) No other pod. Go listen to them, too. But they uh, had him on there, and he was talking about how he wants the young guys to kind of force them to retire, which I liked that quote, and talking about how, you know, the Hernandez, the Dukes, the Jake Davises of the world got to push him out of that job. And I'm torn because Peter does seem to play guys that he favors, whether they're in form or not. I think Roger had a fantastic year. They limited his minutes pretty well. Well, I say that he was actually fourth, I think, no, sixth on the team in minutes, which is kind of wild, but there were a lot of injuries that forced him into the field a lot more. He only played less than a hundred more minutes than Felipe. So uh, it wasn't like he was blowing away these young guys. And then guys like Duke uh, got on the field as well. Duke had his career high in minutes as well, over 1200 minutes. So I'm torn because I don't want him stealing minutes from the young guys, but I guess if they're not good enough to take the minutes from him, then maybe he should be on the field and there's nobody really like him on this roster. So we'll see. He, he's going to be a little further down the depth chart with the signing of Nemanja Rodoya. So I don't know. 
we'll see how it plays out. If it's low enough, it, it works for me. He made $300,000 last year, which was a significant pay cut. He's been taking cuts every year to keep coming back. So if he does something team friendly, he just wants to be in the town where his, his wife is playing on the current, then okay, I'm good with it. So Fontas, Fontas, on the other hand, he is a guy that I personally had picked if he only kept one of the two center backs, the starting center backs, that I would keep him. And they are negotiating. They're trying to work that out. He made over a million dollars last year. So you can't pay him that much money. And they don't have to, of course. Uh, but what do you think? Do you want Fontas back? This defense led in a lot of goals last year. They did. But, you know, I saw a lot of improvement from him. Um, compared to when he first joined the team. So I do hope they keep him for another year. I wasn't impressed with him at first uh, when I heard his name those first couple seasons and he was coming on the field. I wasn't thrilled, but he really changed my opinion of him and his skills last year. Um, he did make some pretty bad mistakes, <laughs> but I see his potential and I'd like to see him stay another year. However, if one had to go between Zussi, Espinosa, and Fontas, I'd say farewell to Fontas. So you're making a little bit of a power ranking here. This is classic, yeah. Sheena. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She can't see because this is a visual <laughs> podcast, but in our lives, she'll always say things like, oh, such and such is way up here and she'll hold her hand way above her head. And then then there's this, then there's this, then there's this. And way at the bottom is me. I'm not a priority. Um, it's not often that you hear somebody described as having potential. That's a 33-year-old <laughs> veteran of the league. Um, I think you might be thinking of not 2022, but 2021, where he was up for defensive player of the year in the entire league. I think he took a step back last year, but yeah. I think a lot of that was, and you saw down the stretch, the team looked a whole lot better when they were scoring goals and they had offense going for them. So maybe if you have that, it all works itself out. That brings us to the last player to discuss, Fontas's center back partner, Nicholas Isamat Marine. They declined his option, but I have a question for you, Sheena. Uh, what do you know about the MLS reentry process? Uh, is that when it's not when there's a new team and they can steal players like what St. Right. Louis did? That's so the ex expansion draft that you're referring okay. to. Okay. Um, what was it again that I'm trying re to re-entry process? It sounds like a bunch of players from it. All the teams, they, I don't know. You tell me. I haven't <laughs> no. I'm not even going to pretend I know. Yeah, well, MLS has complicated rules, and that's why you come to For the Glory, Casey, because we can explain these weird things to you. So the reentry well, process. Well, you can. I can't. Well, we, the collective we of For oh, the Glory. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so For the Glory is going to let you all know here, a little Chad Smith intelligence about weird MLS roster rules. So the reentry process used to be called the reentry draft, and it is essentially a draft that goes round by around worst to best you know based on last year's standings and then the expansion teams go last so st louis had the last pick of the draft uh, anyways there's two stages stage one if you draft a player during that stage you are picking up their contract so like if we were to go out and sporting were to pick up a player then they have to automatically trigger their option that they had before or if they were out of contract then they have to like negotiate a deal with them or i think they end up actually giving them a raise a bona fide offer or bona fide is how i'm told it's actually pronounced stage two is a little bit different you can draft players and then you can renegotiate their contract so you just get the right of first refusal if they they reject your offer but you just have to make i believe the terminology is a genuine offer which just is slang for you can pay them less than they made the previous year so i'm sure because this is an arcane weird process you may not have heard but sporting drafted 
Nicholas Isamont Marin. They kept him in the draft, but he's still out of contract and they have to negotiate that and work that out. Uh, so if there's a world where the exact same defense that led in an astounding 54 goals last year could all be back, how do you how do you square that? I don't. I think the defense, <laughs> I think the defense is really where we struggled and it would be a disappointment if they didn't bring someone in to try to fix that. Um, so that's where I stand on that. Yeah. I, I don't see a world where you bring back Fontas and Izzy at the same time. No, <clears throat> excuse me. And it just, it just doesn't make sense to me. So Hopefully they don't bring them both back. Maybe they just did that to hold his rights so that they could get one and not have a full turnover of their starting center backs. And then hopefully there's some unknown player that's coming from Europe or South America that we've never heard of that comes in and becomes a fan favorite because they're just clearing everything off the line, headers like crazy, maybe even scoring a couple goals. Oh, if we could just get like prime Ico Para back in there. Oh, I know yeah. You know, something like that. Oh sign me up maybe that's courtney ford they brought him back they picked up his option maybe i don't know yeah i'm a big courtney ford fan i'm not i don't i don't care for him i mean he's fine he's fine i don't know i'm gonna let courtney know that you know don't let him know i mean he i'm sure he's a fine person i i don't know all right so you you told me that you have some questions for me about this sporting kansas city season this year um so hit hit me with it i'm ready Okay. So I have two questions for you. Question one, I feel like um, I still haven't got over the fact that Ilya is not on the team anymore. Maybe it's just me. I loved him. I loved what he did for the community. I want to know your thoughts. Now that we've gone a whole season without Ilya, do you think sporting made a mistake letting him go? Or do you think we're a better team because we let him go? Ooh, okay. So I... (laughs) I don't think it was a mistake to let him go, but I don't know that they were a better team without him either. So let me let me explain. He, he was another guy that made over a million dollars. And just with the whole COVID thing and the renegotiation of the collective bargaining agreement over the last couple of years, the salary cap didn't go up. It's going to rise for the first time next season. The salary budget, I should say, it's not really a cap. But you have to make cuts when salaries keep going up on these pre-negotiated contracts, but the budget doesn't climb with it. So they needed to make that cut, I think. And does it sting a little that he went on to be an MLS best 11 player, uh, win, win MLS Cup? Uh, have the game-winning penalty kick in MLS Cup a little bit. Like I was happy for Ilya, but like at the same time, man, it'd be great if he's doing that for KC. Uh, but I don't. KC wouldn't have been in that situation. He wouldn't have fixed the problems that this team had. A slow defensive midfielder was not going to kind of do what Tyler Adams has been doing in this World Cup and been doing for Leeds over in in the Premier League, uh, shutting everything down. Just. Killing everything. Gosh, if we could get Tyler Adams, that guy's going to be like the most expensive transfer coming out of this for the U.S. But uh, I, I'm okay with him being gone. I think probably the team's better than they were without him, but not not good enough to really make waves. They would have maybe they squeak into the bottom of the playoffs. They only missed it by a few points, but ugh, I don't know. Then then do we even make any changes? Not that they are overhauling things, anyways. But do they go out and get? Um, and Eric Tommy, do they go out and get a Willie Agata if the season isn't going as bad as it is? So I think there's like a silver lining to how bad it went. It it forced for me is to maybe reevaluate the way he builds a roster and he makes midseason acquisitions. So I'm okay with Ilya being gone. 
Okay, I'm not. I'm like I said, I'm not over it. I'm really happy that he got his MLS Cup with LAFC. It did sting that he was the winning goal, but I'm for him personally, I'm happy. He just seems like a genuine great guy. And I know he did a lot for the city. So yeah, and I think he's a great guy. There's no doubt about that. Like every time I'd see him in the locker room, or I'm sorry, after games, we weren't in the locker room last the prior season, and he would he would remember me and be so friendly. And I'm like, gosh, I don't Aww. know if anybody else remembers me. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got that generic every bit every man face out there. So you, you said you had a second question for me though. Let's yes. move on. This hurts too okay. much to talk about Ilya. Uh, yeah, I'm devastated that we brought him back up. But um, second question for you is in your opinion, who was the player of the year for sporting oh gosh i mean there's two halves to the season right the first half was terrible and it's hard not to think that like eric tommy willie agata those guys were fantastic i think eric tommy's probably the guy in terms of remember i was saying earlier how shelton uh he had good numbers and they kept winning and even when Polito was down in prior years but it didn't work in 2022 and i think a lot of that goes back to Gotti Kinda wasn't around and moving that midfield and, and shuttling the ball from the back to the front and making those runs. And Tommy being around really fixed a lot of those problems. And even if Shelton had been starting, I think the team would have probably been better just because Eric Tommy's up there. Man, were they better with Willie Agata. But I'm going to go a different direction. And I'm going to say Johnny Russell. If you'll remember early in the year, he was hurt and he just kept playing. He played in all but one MLS game this year, started 31 of 34. Uh, he didn't have quite the year as he had before. Like nobody was going to live up to these prior years. He had eight goals and just a single assist. And uh, there was, you know, penalty kicks involved in a lot of that. But, but he still, he carried this team on his back. Even when they were down, he took responsibility in the press conference. He was a great leader out there. And I think it'll be good to have him around with all these other weapons around next year. Oh. I'm excited for 2023. So I'm going to say Johnny Russell is my MVP. Okay. I went a little bit of a different route. Um, do you have any idea who I would say? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, let's, I, yeah, no, I don't know. Go ahead and tell, tell the world. Okay. For me, it was Remy. I know um. that I love Remy. I talk about him every game. Yes, he has like dashing good looks, but I also feel that he gave it his all every game. He was always hustling and he may not be the most exciting player, but to me, if you're a hustler and you're consistent and I feel like he played every game, that's probably not correct. He, I didn't. He literally did started and okay. played every single game. So you're, and that has correct. to count. Yeah. That has to count for something. And if I'm correct, he wasn't even playing his natural position. That's right. So I'm excited to see him play his, his regular position because I don't know that we really saw that last season. Um, and I don't know if you know, well, you probably know this chat. <laughs> Honestly, probably everyone who listens to this podcast um, probably knows this, but I'm going to just share it anyways, because I just learned about it today. And I think it's really cool. But a few weeks ago, um, Remy received a really cool honor in his hometown. Did you hear about this? I actually don't know what you're talking about. So oh, okay. Well, me. this is really exciting then. Um, so a few weeks ago, like I said, he received an honor in his hometown. I'm probably going to screw it up because I've never heard of it, where he's from 
Tablain, France. Tablin. I'm sure that's pronounced wrong, but I don't I don't have the spelling in front of me. I'll okay. It it's a small town in France. But anyways, they opened up a new sports complex and they named it after him. So that's pretty cool. I did not know that. Look at that. Yeah. See the social media. Yeah. Tumblane. I don't know how you say that. Tum- but yeah. I, well, hmm. I got that off the Sporting Kansas City's official website. Clearly, I'm a good follower. You know, uh, this is like the nerdiness of me. Like, I don't get my news like traditional ways. Like, I'm sure people just like go to websites or it shows up in their Google News or Apple News or whatever. I get my news through RSS feeds uh, (laughs) and they don't have one for sporting site anymore. So like I miss stories. It's like bad. I need to go every day and I I don't. So Remy, really good shout. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what we can do with Tommy and Kinda and uh, the new guy Rodoya. Oof, uh, it should be interesting. It should be a good deep midfield. So, yeah, Remy. Okay, let's uh, let's wrap up this sporting talk. It's a little MLS update for y'all. So, what you can expect next? Uh, the MLS College Showcase starts on the eighth of December. So we're just a little bit over a week out from that. Runs through the twelfth, and then that leads to the MLS Super Draft on the twenty-first, a little bit before Christmas. So that should be interesting. Sporting is picking sadly much higher than they've picked in prior years. So maybe the draft pick will have an impact. Maybe they'll get on the field. Maybe they won't just sign straight with Sporting Kansas City too, like the last few years, or you know, not sign anywhere at all, as has happened before. But I want to switch gears. Let's talk Kansas City Current. They also made a bunch of roster moves. So I want to run through a few of these real quick. Uh, Cece Kaiser, Kansas City Zone. She signed a two-year deal. Um, Izzy Rodriguez, Addison Merrick, and Jenna Weinbrenner all had their options picked up. Those are rookies from this season. Well, Merrick was acquired via trade, so she was not a rookie, actually, from Louisville. Then we have Addie McCain and Kate Delfava. Uh, they have offers from the team. So they're they're not free agents. NWSL kind of has some rules like NW or MLS, uh, no weird re-entry draft to go into, but uh hopefully those two will be coming back. Uh Desiree Scott and Kristen Edmonds, the quote team hopes to quote bring them back. Or I'm sorry, I got that completely wrong it's quote the team hopes to bring them back um so we'll see if they're coming around uh they're veterans they got a lot of miles on their legs but you never know uh and then the team let go of jc johnson who has been hurt a lot she's a kansas city native so that's kind of a bummer for her sydney schneider who is the third goalkeeper and then taylor leach was out of contract and i believe Shini, you saw some news on taylor today yeah so taylor leach um i announced, I believe today that she's retiring. Um, And I just, you have been throwing out stats all day. So I thought I'd throw a little bit of stats out on Taylor. Um, So last season, she played 18 games with seven starts. She had 572 minutes. And then she is one of only seven original players from the 2020 inaugural season that was still on the team. Um, So it's going to be, I think, a huge shoe for someone to come in and take her spot. Um, I'm excited for her and to see where she goes from here um, now that she's retired. And I hope it's not the last that we hear from her. Yeah, I I had predicted that they wouldn't be picking up her option. And NWSL still does have some kind of lower wages. They've made really great progress. They're going way faster than the MLS was back in their 
early stages. We're just through our 10th season in NWSL, uh, but they're still not paid a ton. So maybe being a journey, journey woman moving around the league, maybe she doesn't want to keep doing that. Maybe going to start a career. Never know. Maybe she'll stay on, be in the staff coach, something like that. Uh, great organization to be a part of. So I know with the Kansas City Current, Sheena, oh, Sheena, what? Jump, jump in there. She's yeah. waving at me frantically. <laughs> Um, I was, so I have two things. So I think Chad was going to say what I'm about to say, but, um, I'm going to lean on Chad a little bit more for Casey current stuff. I'm not going to have as much opinions at first about it. Um, I admittedly just started really paying attention to the Casey current last season. Uh, we attended a few games as a family, and I think that's really what started to spark my interest in the team. Um, also, our daughter plays soccer, and I think they're just what the city um, and the owners are doing for women's soccer is remarkable. We went to um, the what was it, the ribbon cutting or whatever when the, they the groundbreaking? The yeah. Groundbreaking. Yeah. Why couldn't I couldn't think of that? But we went to the there were shovels, hard hats. We have yeah. little shovel keychains that we acquired. Yeah. So I I think it's great for all the little girls who are playing to see, you know, what their future could be if they decide they want to become a professional. Um, so as I get more familiar with the team and everything, I'll have more ideas and thoughts on Casey Current, but for now, I'm just trying to immerse myself in all things Casey Current. And then while we're talking about owners and teams, Chad, I don't know if you know this, but um, co-owner of Casey Current, Brittany Mahomes, gave birth on Monday to a baby boy named Patrick Bronze, LaVon Mahomes III. Um, her husband is this guy, I think he plays <laughs> football. Um, his name's Patrick, so I guess they decided to name their kid after him. No, I'm just kidding. I really do know who Patrick Mahomes is. <laughs> uh, but the baby was seven pounds, eight ounces. And I don't know if you realize they have a theme going for the kids. Their oldest daughter is Sterling. Now they have bronze. I hope if they have another girl, they name her Diamond. So I'm just throwing that out there. But congratulations, Brittany and Patrick, on your new arrival. All right. So, yeah, I, I won't go too deep into the current stuff either just for time today. I think they deserve a little bit more time. But uh, we did a little predictions piece over on thebluetestament.com. We got most of these right. I think the only one I was like wavering on was Addie McCain, and she's uh, negotiating with the team. So it'd be interesting to see if she comes back. She was like a second round pick just a couple seasons ago. So uh, would make sense to keep her around, maybe trade her for assets. That team, man, they do some trades. I'm going to have to work up an article going over all their trades, but they've built a heck of a roster, built amassed eight draft picks for this upcoming draft. And a lot of that is just swinging trades left and right. So uh, I'm excited for the current next year. I think uh, this is something that Thad, Bell, and I, uh, the site manager over at the Blue Testament, talk about, uh, that they're a, they're a year away. Like, we didn't think that they were going to be in the NWSL championship game this year. We thought, hey, 2023 is going to be the year. So they're adding these pieces. They're going to go swing some deals. They're going to probably make some really good draft picks and they'll make an outsized impact if it, this year is any indication. So I'm excited for the current. We've got one more team to talk about here. Sheena's favorite super fan always catches every single game. 
we got to talk Sporting KC2. There are an immense amount of roster moves. Nobody wants to listen to me list that a whole thing out. So I'm just going to give a couple nuggets here real quick. There are just seven players under contract for next season. That is quite a jump from last year's two that came back between seasons. So we've got uh, Jankic, I can never say that guy's name, Kobe Jones, Jahan Rad. They were already signed for 2023. Uh, they are joined by Bakare Bagayako. I'm sure I'm getting that wrong. Ethan Bandre, who's a backup goalkeeper, Josh Cohen, and Mikey Lennis. Really liked Mikey Lennis. He looks quite good. They had their options picked up. So those are your seven players that are coming back. And I got a few kind of behind-the-scene updates that I thought I would share that uh, weren't in my article originally over on the BlueTestament.com, but I found out later. So the team did confirm to me that center back Osuman Kasim I don't know his name because he never played a game. Uh, he never got a visa and he is not joining the team. So he was supposed to come and he never got here. Uh, also, Ford Dimbakwai Yamba was on a six month contract that had expired early in the season. So he actually left and we didn't even realize because, uh, as you all know, it's impossible to watch those games. They're tiny and blurry and fuzzy and you can only watch them live. There's no replays. And then a couple other players, Nico Pendleton and Braxton Archipenda, they are, oh, I got that wrong too. Oh, are, are Arpachinda? Oh boy, sorry, Braxton. Uh, they have both left the SKC Academy because they are off to college. So Nico is at Marquette and Braxton, I think, I don't know if he actually is in college yet or if he just left the Academy to go somewhere else, but I do know he's no longer with the Academy, so we won't see him next year. Hopefully the broadcasts are going to get a little better for MLS Next Pro. We'll be able to watch a lot of those games and uh, have a better discussion about it. But speaking of watching games, that feels like the perfect transition to our last topic of the night for the broadcasts in 2023. MLS is starting their partnership with Apple TV. So it'll be the pricing was announced and we got some good information here. It's going to be $14.99 a month or $99.99 for the entire year. However, if you are a season ticket holder to any of the teams in Major League Soccer, you get a free membership. Right now, we know we at least get one membership. It's possible. Hopefully, they're going to get that fixed and give you uh, one login per season ticket versus per membership. Uh, Or if you're an Apple Plus person, Apple TV Plus, you already have a subscription, you get a little bit of a discount, $12.99 a month, $79.99 a year. No blackouts. Every single game will be on this service. You don't have to go, oh, it's on ESPN this week. Oh, it's on Twitter this week. It's just all in one spot. Sheena, I know you're not deep into the uh, economics of these things. What what are your thoughts on this new deal? So I think there's a couple of pros and then a couple huge cons. So we'll start with the pros. I think it's cool that everything is, well, I think it's good and bad that everything is going to be on Apple TV good in the sense that you're right last season was getting kind of complicated some days we were on twitter fox espn univision telemundo i felt like we were every week it was somewhere new um so that is nice that it's going to be one thing there's no blackouts that's nice i think it's really cool that if you're a season ticket member of any of the teams you get it free um it's covered in your membership so i think those are the the pros. However, I think there's a lot of cons to this. I think the people who are going to buy this are 
people like you who are hardcore into soccer. Um, I think people who are just casual fans, I don't know that they're going to pay anywhere from 13 to $15 a month or 80 to a hundred a year. Um, and I, I think it's kind of a missed opportunity. And I think it's the reason why soccer is never going to be big in the United States because, um, People aren't going to want to pay extra money. Like right now, you can watch football on Fox, CBS, I think uh, ESPN. If you don't have ESPN, you have to pay for that. And then Amazon Prime, I think, is where Thursday night football is. So overall, though, Sunday, you can still watch it on regular TV where you don't need a paid subscription. Yeah, so and, let me jump in. Let me counter you a little oh, bit. Oh, go I, ahead. I, th I think that that is accurate to a certain extent right like network television but the, the simple fact is soccer is just not going to be on network television on a regular basis because it doesn't draw the audiences that the nfl does right now yet maybe one day but but uh every week there's 14 mls games that'll happen a minimum of 14 games uh and then you know sometimes they'll have wednesday games saturday games are going to be standardized they're going to start local time i think it's 7 30 every game so you kind of know when the games are going to be on there'll be probably some future deal announced with espn or fs1 where they might have some primetime broadcasts moving them around but six games every week won't be behind the paywall so you do not have to pay anything you can just go get into your apple tv app whether you have a you know an app an apple device if you have a roku a smart tvs have this app or you can just go to the website and do it right on the website and you know cast it to your tv things like that so uh, we have roku's all over this house so uh, we're able to easily get access to it so I, I think that there's a legitimate concern like if you want to watch every sporting kc game yes you're going to have to pay for the membership and i don't know if they're going to announce which games are free every week or it's going to show up like right before the game and make you make a decision but i'm excited and i, I think it's going to cost us more money because we already had youtube tv to watch all of our games and we were getting that versus or having like espn plus or these other options and on the whole like if you're out of market i guess yeah this is more than espn plus but it's not dramatically more espn plus they raised their prices several times in the last couple of years so I, I'm not that hung up on it. I think if you you want to just watch casually, there's still going to be games you can get access to. I don't know. I feel like it, I'm just thinking back to the beginning of our conversation when we talked about the 2014 World Cup. Like this is a really big opportunity for people to get into soccer. And depending on how far the United States goes, if they go pretty far, people already, I feel like, are getting excited. People like friends and family are talking to me about soccer who I know for a fact never watched soccer any other time in their life and so this is a really big opportunity that's I feel like is getting wasted um because and it's, it'd be another thing if it was included in Apple Plus like if you already had Apple Plus you were getting it free but to pay another $12.99 um just feels like a lot I just feel like it's a missed opportunity and there are some pros like I said but I don't, how's this ever going to be America's game if every season, the way you watch it changes? And how am I going to hear Stu Holden? Is he going to be calling games still on well, Apple Plus? So we don't know yet. They are still interviewing potential people. So hopefully it gets worked out or there's probably still likely going to be a deal on broadcast television through things like ESPN or FS1 or Univision, you know, things like that. So more to come on that, but we wanted to introduce it to you. If you want to know a little bit more about it, head over to the bluetestament.com community member Farmhand wrote a really good piece about it, kind of breaking down the cost. Sheena scoffed at the name farmhand don't judge people no, in their handles. No, no. 
it's fine. It's cool. I'm not offended or anything. <laughs> We're going to have to get you to sign up for an account and join in no. the comments over there. All right, everybody. So <laughs> this has been For the Glory, Casey. Before you leave, if you've made it this far, I have a request for you. Thank you. It yeah, thanks for sticking around. But I have a request. Uh, if you liked this podcast, not if you didn't like it, if you didn't like it, I'll give you an option here in a second. But if you liked it, go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review five stars. It helps other people find it. You get this Blue Testament podcast feed. You got us. You've got all of our Casey Current coverage. You've got the flagship show, Shades of Blue, Soccer Show. They've been killing it with all this World Cup coverage lately. So go check it out. Apple TV or go on Apple Podcasts and get that rate and review five stars. Now, if you didn't like it, write in the comments. You can trash it. You can go find me on Twitter at play for 90 P L A Y F O R 90. Tell me how terrible I was, how I can improve, even constructive criticism. You don't have to just be mean. Um, and then Sheena, you can decide in the future if you want to share your Twitter handle since you don't really I use Twitter. Don't, yeah, I'm not going to share. I literally don't use it. She just follows me, y'all. Um, yeah, it, during the games, when Chad goes to the games, I use Twitter to determine if he's on his way home since he won't answer the phone. So <laughs> I have Twitter for that reason. To, That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So again, thank you all for listening. Uh, we're gonna we're looking for people that want to be guests, guest hosts. Come talk to us in the comments. Reach out to me. All my contact information's on thebluetestament.com. I don't know if I mentioned thebluetestament.com. Yeah, I think I've said it about a like dozen times. Like 20 times. <laughs> All right. Uh, for Sheena and for myself, Chad, this has been For the Glory KC. We're going to get this thing figured out. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>